Blog Talk Radio. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host of NAVWIC Talks, and today we have a wonderful guest, as usual, Mr. Tim Williams, and I am the President of Sula 2, and we make all new in everything we do. We will capture, preserve, and present your corporate and legacy information in any form we can because your story deserves to be heard. And today you will hear the story of Tim Williams. He's in the financial services business. And when you're in business, as we most, as most of us are, then finances is what keep us in business. So let's hear some strategies from Mr. Williams this morning. But first, good morning, and tell us a little about who you are and what you do, Mr. Williams. Uh, Good morning, Ursula. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me just start out by saying thank you, Ursula, for just thinking of me and having me on your show. Um, I feel it's a a privilege and an honor to be uh, interviewed and get the opportunity to talk to uh, so many enthusiastic and young women who are in business or seek to be in business. Um, To answer your question, tell you a little bit about what I do. My firm is called uh, Fortress Capital Management Group. We are a commercial lender to the small business and medium-sized business market. Um, I initially started my business, Ursula, to um, help owner with acquiring credit for businesses also with retirement for their employees and insurance for the company as health insurance as well for the company. Um, since the inception of my firm, Uh, learning more and more and more about lending and what the capabilities are, what the needs are of the small business to medium-sized business uh, market, that has just overwhelmed my my firm. And uh, we will soon grow into the retirement and health insurance benefits part of the firm. Um, so my, my, my main goal was to be able to bring the 
needed capital to my community, the African-American business owner, which has been a dream of mine for years. I don't know if that answers completely everything that you're asking for. <laughs> well, it, it it answers it, and it opens the door for a lot of discovery. So when you say bring this to our community, I'm the, I usually yes. play the role of, of the the neophyte, the new person, even though I've been in business for a, a while. If yes. I am looking to get my first loan, what's an example of the kinds of things that a small business would need to seek your services in this arena? What, what are they attempting to do? Well, initially what, what I like to see uh, my business owners or clients of mine or prospects of mine is first of all in, is an established business name and an established business um, where we've moved out of the realm of sole proprietorship and we've moved into some form of a corporation or an LLC. Um, so the established business is very important because then we go from the personal side and we're operating our business under a personal name into now the business is separate and a separate entity completely from myself, the owner. It has a tax ID number. It has its own name. It's, it's like a living, breathing person. So that's what I, that's what I like to see, the, the initial thing for all of my clients to have. Okay. So when you have experienced some success with working with a company, what comes to yes. your mind as a success story? Um, great question. Many, many things, Ursula. Um, first of all, the business owner has a very good grasp of their business of what they do. Um, I deal with a lot of business owners who know what they do, but they kind of want to understand or they believe they have a strong knowledge of the financial piece and the ancillary stuff, you know, which is really not that important. The most important part that banks, lenders, what we really like to see is someone in, who's so focused and so enthusiastic about their task, you know, that then you can really dig in and help them and offer them information. The best client that I would say who I could have is, again, someone who's very enthusiastic and also willing to listen, learn, open to new ideas of how to acquire finance for the business. Because in commercial credit, Ursula, it's really and truly a case-by-case situation. The public is so used to um, the consumer side of, of financing 
that we take the same approach to financing our business. We're used to saying, what are the terms for the loan? What's my interest rate? How long I got to pay? How much do I need to put down? And um, because that's what we get when we go to purchase a home. That's what we get when we go to purchase a vehicle. Now, consumer lending is completely, completely different and animal from the commercial side of credit. So the great, again, the, the, the great client is the one who truly understands what they do as a business. And they allow, and they're the professional in that sector. And they allow me to be the professional that I am in the financing piece in the effort to help them achieve their goal. You know, the one thing I was thinking about relative to what you said about they have to know their business is that I've I've often thought about someone getting a loan for new equipment, um, something Mm -hmm. huge. In in my case, it would let's say it's a, a I buy printing equipment, and then all of a sudden, I don't have enough clients to support the operation of the equipment. Or and I was thinking big farms or, or anything huge where you go out and make a, a large investment. But when you said the the company has to know their company then they would have a good sense for when they're ready for that kind of investment, I would imagine. So there's a, a get-ready type process that I I assume you can see that they know what they're doing and that they know it's time. Or what, some, what are some of the evaluation type of uh, things that you look – evaluative things that you're looking for when – when you're looking for that person that's about to make this first-time big investment or big loan like that? Um, what are some of the criteria? So, me unique, when I stepped away from the from my years of experience with the larger banks, um, bankers tend to be very um, matrix-oriented, meaning – you know, you have to fit this box, fit that box, fit that box. You fit this box, great, you can get a loan. Um, and it's it's a very mundane thought process. It is what it is, and that's it. What I always try to look for in my client, which is the same thing that lenders look for, uh, to make sure that I can find the ability to repay the loan that they are trying to get uh, to me is 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 paramount. Um, we can look at credit, we can look at collateral, we can look at years in business, we can look at um, the corporate structure and setup of the company. All that's great, fine, and dandy, but ultimately means nothing if we can't repay. So if I have a client who can repay the credit that they're asking for, then some of those other things we can work with. And typically the person who can repay that loan is a person who's very, very good at what they do. 
So hence, we go back to the person who knows their business. I've uh, dealt with clients before who, and, and this is what I mean by knowing your business. They may not have the correct corporate structure. They set their business up in an LLC because they think that's what they're supposed to do because their buddy told them to do so. Um, and it may be the exact thing they don't need for their corporate, for their business type. Um, and I would refer everyone to talk to an accountant that deals with business, small businesses, to help them establish that identity for their business. Um, I have I've dealt with folks who have the right marketing plan for their business. All of that's great. But then I've had those who didn't have certain things correct, but they were very good, Ursula, at what they did and um, were willing to pay. i give you a great example. I had a young man, Ursula, walked into my office. I was uh, with a very large bank at the time, and um, I did not deal with the public because I was a commercial and business banker, but his mom would come into the bank from time to time, and I would speak to her. She was a she was an African American lady, so I was always happy to see her, you know. So I would make sure I, I stood up and spoke to her all the time, and we created kind of just a a relationship. She'd come into the bank and, and we wave and we talk for a second, and, and you know that was it. One day she came in and she brought a son with her, and he was in his late twenties. And she sat him in my office, and she proceeded up line to do whatever business she had to do. And I talked to this young brother, and come to find out he was washing cars with his uncle. His uncle had a, a, a detailing business, and great. He had just gotten out of prison, had a felony charge. Um, saw him again in a couple of months. And he was telling me that uh, he was going to stop working. His uncle was tired of the business and wanted to sell it. His uncle loved him because he washed the cars so well. He detailed cars so well. But his uncle was towards near his end and just wanted to retire, get out of the business. So I asked this young guy, I said, well, why don't you talk to your uncle about buying a business from him? And he said, you know, that's a great idea, but I wouldn't know how to do it, do that. Well, he said, well, you're good at what you do, right? So, yeah, my uncle loves me, tells me I'm great. Just so ask your uncle to help you a little bit, tell, teach you and talk to you about a few tricks in the trade. You've seen certain things that he's done. He's like, yeah, I know where he buys supplies. He knew a lot of stuff. He knew more than he knew. He knew. And... um when it boils down to it, we got all done with it. I talked to the young guy about buying the business. He went to his uncle, bought bought all the equipment, and his uncle told him you can pay me, you know, through time and buy it out. And um, the young man was growing the business. He came into my office a few months later and he said, Mr. Williams, I got a great opportunity, but I can't do it. So why can't you do it? He says, I got a car dealership that wants me to come wash their cars for them in the evening, the ones that are on the lot, and they pay me X amount of money. 
but I can't do it. And so I also have a law firm that wants me to come by and wash their vehicles every Friday, and he's going to pay for his all of the attorneys in his office and whatever clients they may have there, but he won't allow me to do it. And I said, why? He said, but he says, I do not have insurance. I'm not uh. life-binded. So I proceeded to pick up the phone with someone that I knew. And I said, can you give him a quote on insurance? The young man walked out of my office with a policy for like a million dollars or so. And he just couldn't believe he had a million-dollar policy. And it boiled down to him paying like a couple of grand a year, which got him the dealership. It got him the law firm. And the thing I know, I followed him over the next two or three years. He had three or four guys working for him. You know, so that's the, that's the, that's what I mean by a perfect client who really knew that he knew what he could do. You know, he he did what he did very well, but he was also opening open to listening uh, to how to grow the business. All he knew was, I want to grow my business. I have no credit because I've been in prison. I have no insurance. I know nothing about any of the stuff you're talking about. But I was in prison for running an illegal business. So I understand waking up every morning. I understand working. I, I have the discipline, but I've never run a legitimate business, and I don't know anything about what it takes to run that business. But because he was open, we were able to establish him some credit. I sat him with a personal banker. They established him some credit with secured credit, and he built that up. So in the years to come, he was able to go buy him a couple of used vehicles, other equipment. Now he had, like I said, multiple vehicles out there, and he only worked at night because he only washed cars at car dealerships. So had he not been open, and just willing to learn more about what he was doing, although he could carry out the task very well because that he knew. It's the other stuff he didn't know. That allowed him to be. And the phrase, you don't know what you don't know, comes to mind, and I'm just feeling how fortunate this young man was that he had the wherewithal to come to you and to tell you because yeah. I can only imagine the number of people that have gotten themselves to that position or almost to that position and just saw no hope ahead of them and gave up. And right. so it begs the question, how do we get this information out there so that people know that there are uh, ways to overcome those kinds of barriers to entry into growth? This is a yeah. wonderful story, and and especially given his background, because we have a lot of that. Yeah, we do have a lot of that, and that is a true, true success story um, of a young man who came from. He had the 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 knowledge. Our our, our young brothers and our young sisters who are out here working illegally don't mean that they don't have the discipline. Obviously, they do. Um, I'm from Chicago, 
I would dare not stand outside in the winter at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning on a corner. You know, that's more discipline than I can ever have. Um, so if we can redirect and show that there are other opportunities out there, and I think the access to capital, again, I'll say this word again, is paramount. And that's what I'm passionate about, and I love doing what I what I do because I simply want to help my community grow, and I see businesses that do not grow, they fail, or they stay where they are because of access to capital. And the best way I can think to get the information out, Ursula, is honestly through shows like your, like the ones we're having this morning. Um, you can walk into your bank, and you can have a discussion with that banker. Um, you may want to say a few Hail Marys before you go in because that banker 90% of the time is not knowledgeable, is not knowledgeable. I've worked with the big banks for over 20-plus years, and trust me, these guys can't think themselves out of a parking lot. Again, they're very matrix-minded. It's you have to fit into this box. The, the beautiful thing, Ursula, and to your listening community is there is a growing surge in the lending world towards the small to medium-sized business owners where you will have more individuals like myself who have firms out there that are opening up that we're offering some of our services. Now, in saying all of that, Ursula, I will say we are not Jesus Christ. We still work with banks. We still work with lenders. And we can't just snap our fingers and make things happen. However, the benefit of using us is we can put you in front of multiple lenders from what's called PE firms, which is private equity firms, to VC firms, venture venture capitalist firms, and other banks. Many times banks have things that they can do and cannot do. It's my job to locate that financing for you. And that's the benefit that I bring to the business community. Um, I've, I've done it for the greater community, and I think I'm pretty good at it, pretty confident in my capabilities. Now it's time for my home and my people to get involved and to become part of that and be benefactors of these financing establishments from Wall Street to LaSalle Street in Chicago. So I want to be able to offer the financing and the funding for the businesses uh, of my people so we can have a seat at the table as well. Amazing. Now, you mentioned private equity. Yes. How does that work? Who does that? How is that done? Okay. So let's talk because yeah, all my years of, of in, in financial institutions, I acquired my investment licenses and, you know, so I can understand and, and talk to that a little bit, Ursula, and I and, um, Again, thank you for allowing me to share. 
Um, we all, if we work and have a job or have ever had a job person and contributed anything to a 401K plan, 403B plan, um, any form of a retirement or pension fund, from time to time, your retirement or something will have monies put into a fund, and that fund is managed by a firm that will acquire the returns by lending that money out to small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and large businesses as well. So typically a financial advisor, a stockbroker, will have a client. And whatever size their portfolio is, has the opportunity to present to that client that's in the real estate market with your financial advisor uh, by way of a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust, um, or private equity, which is has a certain market and does certain things. So a private equity firm, he may say, well, a client may say, well, what's this paying 7%? And the financial will say, well, this is what's called a private equity. And this private equity uh, fund will take your contributions and along with others, take this pool of money and lend it out to uh, businesses of certain sizes that they see fit. Now, from their payments that we get back from, the loans produces your return, Mr. and Mrs. Customer. Um, right now, this firm may be yielding whatever number is, is set or showing whatever yield it's 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 shown in the past. So that's pretty much what a private equity firm or a private equity fund is. It's what mama, grandma used to have, everybody in the family. You know, you get paid, you go give some money, and um, she'll lend it out to family members as need. So when you need some money, you can call Big Ma and say, hey, you know, we're short this week got some bills to pay, can I borrow 500 Great. And she'll give it to them and tell them when they need that money back. So it's a, it's a personal private fund that's geared towards a re, acquiring or achieving a return for the contributors into that fund by way of lending that money out to a, to a targeted audience. Um, and that's just what a private equity firm is, what fund is. I want to switch just a little bit now. I, I mentioned to you before we started that I know of someone that was working with international business. And so how does that work when it comes to line? Well, I forget the term. There's... I, it's a line of credit, but internationally so. How how does all of that work? Well, that's a loaded question. What kind of um, business do they have? But and and the reason why I say 
because they're they're and uh, again we go to the commercial credit side. There's so much out there. So um, let's narrow. Let's see if we can narrow it down better so I can give you an uh, an, an answer. So what kind of business do they have? Okay, first of all, let me give a disclaimer. I'm talking about a conversation that took place over 10 years ago, have no contact right. with the person, so if they did something wrong, I, I, hey, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that's but okay. anyway, we what it was was a... Okay, but I'm not giving a name anyway. Um, it right. was a products and service, not a service, it was a product-oriented business where okay. the person was an inventor, um, or formulated the the product because it was it was um, uh, okay. Well, I won't go any further than that. But anyway, they were shipping back and forth or shipping out of the country, and okay. someone would would um, want to buy a large quantity, but there was something that had to be done with making money available so that they could do it or so that they could pay for it. It was it was out of my realm. I had no idea what they were doing. But um, I just heard conversations about it. So it, it just, in talking to you, now that comes up and it just piques my interest. What okay, that all right, about? right. See, well, um, let me tell you this. Um, there are multiple loan types. Um, I am working on a loan right now for um, someone who does work internationally, right? Um we are not using a traditional bank. We are uh, working with a private equity firm, which will give them the capital they need. And they've been approved up to a certain amount. Uh, knock on wood, because we're still in the in the middle of working on. Um, but upon final approval and upon closing, they will have access to these dollars in what we call tranches. Right. Um, so as certain projects become completed or certain things become completed, um, it will be distributed overseas, sold, and to be remanufactured and redone again and redone again. However, the payment, as you know, in typical a lot of businesses, does not happen until delivery happens. So in the meantime, we have to machine uh, machine up the factory. We have to staff. Uh, we have to buy plies and product so we can produce a certain good and get paid for it in the future. So now that's where the private equity firm comes in, and they wait, and, and they're willing to, uh, based on the quality of the contract and who we're dealing with, they're willing to postpone payment um, up until the delivery of goods and services and, and payment is complete. Um, as well, there's there's another type of loan. There is SBA has something called the export loan, and it's geared towards lend or I'm sorry companies that are doing business overseas and they're exporting their product. Now that loan or line is up has a five million dollar cap. Um, so those are some types of things. Or you could just have a traditional line of credit with uh, a lender or a bank, and they will facilitate credit as need be 
because they understand the business that you're doing. It just it 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 it, it could vary, Ursula. Um, is there money out there for for such business? Sure, it is. Sure, it is. There is there is capital out there for that. So, how did you get to do what you do? Now, I know when you talked about the young man that came to you because he wanted to buy his uncle's business and what his background was, that that would be a barrier to entry into the business that you're in because of the financial services aspect, I assume. So how does one get to do what you do? Um, Again, I began my career um, after college, uh, home in Chicago um, as a banker. Um, did very well, very quickly, um, knock on wood, thank the good Lord, and transferred to uh, North Carolina as a wholesale banker. So my career has always been with banks in the, in the lending capacity, um, from a wholesale banker to um small business banker, commercial banker, um, investment banker, and um, financial advisor. Um, so just simply learning and being in this business. Um, I, I will tell you in 2008, I was sitting in my office as a, as a banker um, and on the, on the business side, commercial side. And, again, so you don't really deal with the public. You deal with certain clients that do a certain amount of business. My clients at the time needed to do $10 million a year in sales, anywhere from $10 million to I forgot what the top end was. I forgot now at this time. Um, And believe it or not, you turn down, Ursula, more business or more loans then you actually approve. Typically, a client comes in and say, "Well, you know, now they're doing they're doing two million minimum, um, and they're running all of it or most of it through your bank." And then they say, "Oh, you know, Tim, I need a half million dollar line of credit." Now, meanwhile, this person may have you may have that retirement fund, so that's multi millions. You may have his mortgage, his personal or her personal mortgage. Uh, you may have um, their brokerage accounts, their personal investments, their IRAs, and things like that. And that could be in, you know, a few hundred thousand to several million. And then you're also banking the business as well. And now, so now here they come and they need a half million dollar line of credit. So we approve them, but maybe only for 100,000, maybe for 50 or 300. Or we turn them down. Rare case. Do you give them absolutely what they need? Rarely. So I cannot tell you, Ursula, what was on my brain, what I was thinking about, even what I was doing at the time. But I know I was in my office, and um, something told me, just put together a portfolio of banks and go out to market and do this on your own. I had gotten tired of looking 
my clients, business owners, in the face and telling them I couldn't help them. Mind you, uh, 99% of my clientele, skin complexion did not match mine. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we think they just walk into the bank and get loans. They actually do not. Um, they suffer from the same things we suffer in getting the loan. And there's and, and I will I will digress, but I, I, I do want to say if I can say this to to you, Ursula, and, and to your to your uh, uh listening community. It's not about the credit. It's about the way you look and approach the credit. Um, I want my people to feel as deserving to receive credit from an institution as any other race, deserving. We do just as good of work, if not better. We manage our businesses better. So all of the um, racial negative connotations that we have been brainwashed to think negatively about ourselves, trust me, are there with everyone else. We are no less wow. than anybody, anyone. It's just that their approach to it is so different. I have had people walk into my office and tell me, hey, Mr. Williams, I filed bankruptcy last year. I'm going through a divorce. I got a tax lien, but I need $2 million. Now, you tell me, what do I need to do to get $2 million? It's simply the approach to our credit. And I, I, I personally think, and I will disclose, I could be so wrong. The main thing that separates uh, 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 Doug Williams Trucking to J.B. Hunt is purely the approach and figuring I deserve this credit. And someone is going to help me. And I'm going to shout it to the world until I get the help that I need. I will continue to get it, to get it, to get it. As opposed to how we feel, my credit makes me feel bad. So I'm really not deserving. I'm not this big company and I'm not this. No, you are just as big and just as bad as anybody else. Now, so I, 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 I truly digress, but I just wanted to get that, you know, and I, and I try to. No, actually, you went you went into a wonderful space because what you reminded me of is is this is what I do. I love telling the story that maybe is not so well known about what an average ordinary person did. And, and and never really told anybody. And the example that I'm thinking of right now is a friend of mine just having a normal conversation, just dropped it that he started a credit union in his company. And I looked at him and I went, oh, my God, you mean people do that that didn't just fall out of the sky? You're an average person, and you actually started a credit union, and he told me about the steps he went through, you know, um, getting all the people in the company, sign, not signing them, signing them up, but getting a, a commitment from them that they would invest and then go finding out what, what it took to do it. 
and then in the in the long run, this was without anybody's permission. But then when it came time for the vault, then that's when the company got involved and, and put that in place. And um, this person became the president of the credit union. It was a huge corporation that he started that credit union. And when we told that story um, in another setting, I later found out that someone based on hearing that story went back and started working on um, starting a credit union because that person found out that it's possible to do. Because a lot of times we don't know it's possible. And, and then another example along the lines that illustrates the point is that I was in um, Savannah, Georgia one day and my at a family reunion, in fact, and my cousin asked me to take a picture of him standing on a railroad track. And I looked at him and I said, why? And he said, because my granddaddy laid this track. And the mere fact that he knew that gave him a wow. sense of pride that you couldn't have knocked him off if you tried. Wow. So we just need to know it's possible and that somebody it, can look you in the eyes that's done it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what I hear from what you're saying. You're telling me things are possible. And hopefully someone out there that's positioned and ready to do some of the things or need to do some of the things that you've talked about, they now know that it's possible. Yeah. And that's it's, what I it's, like to it's 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 very possible. Um, you know, one of my uh, greatest quotes. Like I said, I'm born and raised in Chicago. I'm 46 years old. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, not a Bulls fan. <laughs> um, I watched the brother come up from. I would see him play ball in the parks as a pro, and to what he is today. And he says something to me that is so, I wish our young sisters buy his sneakers. But if we buy into his concept, oh, my goodness. And he, he what Michael Jordan says is, I'm so successful because I failed so much. Mm. So if we're willing to put it on the line, um, I myself, with my firm, um, there was no need for me to separate from big banks. In fact, I just got a call yesterday from Merrill Lynch. I'm not leaving what I'm doing. I'm not going back because um, <laughs> I love what I do right now. I love what I do, and my purpose is to bring this to my community. Um, I do not have enough clients that look like myself. So when you invited me to do this, no problem. No problem. This is what I want to do. I want to go into black churches and, and, and tell about it, black organizations, and get names and phone numbers and start a, a huge community of business owners and assisting them in getting the financing they need. So. You know, Ursula, if, if, if you don't mind, um, I, I want to tell you about two things that I can do. Um, and I don't know if, if Go this right helps. ahead. Can I help you buy your $5 million building? Sure, I can. No problem. Um, do you need to build an office building and it's going to be $38 million? 
sure we can get that construction. Would I love to do that? Sure. Yes. <laughs> I would, I would, of course I would love to do that. However, are you a mom and pop? Been in business for several years. You don't show a bankruptcy on your credit, but you have deposits that come into your account every month. Still look at getting you some financing, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Sure we can. Sure we can. Without tax returns, without putting up your house and selling off all your a leg and your arm. There's credit out there for. You know, uh, Christmas season is coming up. So do we need to buy inventory? Are we gearing up for the for the holiday season? Every year this happens, and we say, well, next year. And, you know, I'm going to have great sales next year, so I'll be able to save up and get ready for this. Well, that's okay. You didn't do it again this year. Life happens. Life happens. Big deal. Big deal. Get over it. But let me tell you. Do you have deposits that come into your account? Can you show me you've been in business for a few years? Do you not have a bankruptcy on your credit? If so, there's a great opportunity for financing for your business under $100,000. Could be possibly over $100,000 if those types of deposits are coming into your account. Or are you a contractor? or look seeking to get a contract with a large company or government entity, and they're paying you on those 30, 60, and 90-day nets, and you can't make your payroll because you still have to deliver a service or product to that government entity or to that corporation, and you're waiting on payment. Can you get financing? Sure you can. Is credit important? Not as important as you think. So there are opportunities out there um, and, 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 and ways of getting paid. Um, Ursula, I will, you have all my contact information. I don't know how you share it with uh, your listening community, but please do. Please, please, please do. My license grants me. Well, as it, as it stands right now, why don't you share your website and what contact information you'd like to share? Okay. I will share with you. Uh, my, my phone number is area code 561 uh, I will disclose <laughs> that that one thing I am embarrassed about is my web page. Uh, I did it myself. I am not the <laughs> I am not the IT guy, and haven't had time to really work on it. So I am embarrassed, but I will give you my website address, which is Fortis F O R T I S C is in Charlie G is in no, C as in Charlie, M as in Mary, G as in go.com. FortisCMG.com. That's All right. Where I can be. So with that, with that sorry, I want to say thank you so – I'm sorry, did, did I, did I no, just no, cut no, you no, off? I am so sorry. Okay. No, you didn't. You didn't. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for 
a wonderful conversation. There are so many things that you said that are just nuggets. And this can be listened to because it, it's a part of our archive, and you can share it with whoever you would like to share it with because there are some things in here that were said today that I think a lot of people out there need to hear about, especially the barriers to entry and some of the things that in the, in the first example that he gave and then the possibilities of all the other things that were mentioned. So thank you again, Mr. Williams, and much success to you and all of your clients, and thank you from NABWIC for sharing it with us and our audience. So, thank, you. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And thank you for your... You're your welcome. Um, women in construction is a growing thing. Um, there is capital out there for it, and I do have access to it. And on that note, it's time for you all to pick up the phone and call him. So, until next week, thank you again for listening to NABWIC Talks, and come back next week. There's going to be another great guest that has Thanks. to live up to today. <laughs> All right, take care. Thank you. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.